Hello, operatives. Welcome to episode 19 of Once Upon a Kill Team, the podcast about narrative play in Warhammer 40k Kill Team. I'm Sean. And I'm Jason, and we want to talk to you about building stories around the gameplay in this grim, dark, terrible universe. In this episode, we have special guest Emmanuel from Strategic Advantage and the Killzone podcast. Yes, Mr. Greenskin himself, and someone who actually knows how to play the game. Uh, we'll ask him our guest questions. Let's see how he does. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. You're you're coming all the way from your car across across <laughs> the sea between us. There's a lot of barriers to getting through the internets to you. Yeah, my uh, my home studio um, is affectionately now the home office for my wife for working from home. Um, now that she's um, back to work after her uh, stint as full-time mommy um, after her baby came. So, uh, yeah, during it's uh, timing-wise when uh, timey-wimey time zone stuff happens. Uh can sometimes get in the way of me having access to that studio. So next best thing is a car for, for acoustics, actually. So on location. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> out in the field reporter, that's why I'm thinking about it. Exactly, on the scene. This Justin still in the garage. Back to you, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we like to kick things off by just, as as everyone seems to do now, we're just checking in with what everyone's been up to hobby-wise. Mm-hmm. And I know that you, certainly last year, at the start of this year, you've been doing a massive go on your hobby track for the tournament scene. Mm-hmm. For for anyone who maybe hasn't or doesn't know what that is, do you want to describe what you've been doing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, hobby's been a big thing for me this past year. Um, I have a competitive nature to me. Um, so I always like to have a little bit of something driving me to compete. Um, that's a huge motivator for a lot of things. And one thing I also noticed in my hobby was I tend to need a lot of motivation to pull out of ruts. I get comfortable with a skill set. I get comfortable with a method and I don't improve. I don't expand on it. And, uh, Dakota, who runs the squad games entertainment, um, which is a big force in tournament scenes here in Southern California. And he's also running LVO. He's also running SoCal Open. Um, he, he introduced hobby challenges in his, or a hobby track into Kill Team. Hobby track's been present in wargaming for a while now, but not officially as part of the ITC uh, for Kill Team. So he took it on himself to have his own rubric, his own scoring, and his own track that um, even some New York scores were coming in, so it's starting to expand even last season outside of just our local scene. And I use that as a huge motivator to learn new skills, to get more points, and to um, really stay motivated and on track to keep expanding. And I did that with my piratical commandos, uh, <laughs> a whole freebooters team that I built a diorama for, and I'm... Not literally, but I'm jumping the shark for this next season to try and uh, keep that because uh, I uh, I took first for Hobby Track last season. I was very, very, very proud of that, and I want to oh, well defend done. that title. Oh, thank you. Uh, can I just kind of come in? Uh, a, I, I love your freebooters. Uh, they're amazing, and I just want to add. Oh, I appreciate the, that. The, one, one of the teams that I'm 
really, really want them to bring out. And I, it should have been there for Galadark, really, was a freebooter's orc team. Wouldn't that have been a great Galadark? Mm-hmm. I suppose it's not too late. But a, that was <laughs> a true raiding party. Th- that was the whole motivation. It, it's so funny because um, back when I was doing the Kill Zone of yesteryear, um, we had sponsor Pop Goes the Monkey, and they reached out saying, hey, um, October's coming. Let's work together to make a kill team for October. What works? And it was hot on the tails of the Galadark release or the announcement. It hadn't even come out yet. And I said, you know, I love commandos. All I want to do is play commandos for the rest of my kill team career. Um, uh, they are the most kill teamy team after all. But uh, I digress. Um, they they don't work. Blood axes don't work on the Galadark. It doesn't make too much sense. They're more just like kind of in the trenches deep striking kind of behind enemy lines kind of thing what are they doing in space right um i'd have to really really push them narratively to make make sense of them being on a space hulk but freebooters eh, there's an easy story for freebooters and i I even wrote it for my uh my brew guzzle buccaneers but um that they make a lot of sense and that was the whole motivation behind making that freebooters conversion kit to make them into a commando's kill team um, to make them fit on the Galadark, that was entirely it. And freebooters work everywhere too, no matter what scene they put them on. It's like, yeah, freebooters showed up to loot the place. That's true. They they'll take anything that's not nailed down, and even then they'll take the nails too. So that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's that's definitely my um, it's one of my hobby wishes, my team wishes. We all have a team wish, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you have you done any specific? Have you seen my um. Have you seen my homebrew for flash kits to add to green skins? No, we haven't. No. Oh, I'm going to share that with you afterwards. But um, Alex and oh, I really yes. enjoy doing homebrew. He added Castellan, which are like the lost in space robots from Mad Max from Big Hammer. Yeah. yeah. He added in like a whole kill team. He not just like a fire team. And what I did is I added a green skins fire team to the compendium orcs. Um, that includes freebooters, uh, or uh, that includes. What did I say? Not free. Flash kits includes flash kits, and they work really well. We went through a few balancing patches. Um, I added some custom uh, equipment for them, but they cut all the same ploys from the green skins. And mixing them in with boys or two freebooters fire teams, they work really well, and they're really fun to play. Oh, fantastic! Now mm-hmm. my big hammer isn't so hot. So a flash kit's the ones with like the snaz guns yes. and zap cannons. Uh, yeah, the okay, Snaz cool. guns. Yep, yep. The the big cool. pirate ones. The the only official pirate kit, really. Um, so very, very nice. They're really cool. They're really cool. Uh, for the listeners at home, they can't see Jason's absolutely ginormous smile at the idea of this, <laughs> this homebrew running around that he hasn't got access to. No, uh, <laughs> uh, we 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 we've had a go at a few homebrew things, and um, normally. Uh, it just gives me a bit more respect for, well, Games Workshop coming up with, you know, however many teams they've done now, and most of them are within a range, balanced to each other. It is hard, man. So yeah. I tip my hat to anyone yeah. who's managed to do it even reasonably well. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I love, I love free boots, yeah. It's really I'll, hard to straddle that line with... Uh, yeah, it's really hard to straddle that line with power fantasy and balance. Because yeah. you want the snaz guns to obliterate anything, because you're making this because you're motivated as a big fan of the range of the models of the lore, right? Um, 
And you, you see examples of this when um, I think it was floating around on Reddit. It was um, an Assassinorum um, homebrew. And basically that, take any that one of may those have been models. Ours. <laughs> yeah, it was it was strong, really, really strong. Um fun to play with, definitely, but definitely a little little hyper tuned. Yeah, we've had a go at assassins. It's it is a it's a tough nut to mm. crack between four models that don't just die and making them super mm-hmm. you know, unbeatable. Uh yeah. It's tough out there, kids, right. for homebrew. <laughs> yeah, it really is because you want them to you want them to live up to what the what's on the box, right? You want them to to do the assassin thing, but then you also want to have fun with the game, and part of that is your opponent having fun interacting with your rules, right? So it's it's yeah. so hard to balance it by making yourself happy and your opponent happy to interact with what's making you happy. Can't can't disagree with exactly that, right? <laughs> um. <laughs> um have you have you done any specific hobbying lately what's what's got your juices oh, going yeah actually uh, <laughs> um so i'm gonna take a stab at it because i'm pretty sure it's sean who is the kit basher and the death watch fanatic is that correct that's me all right yeah whenever uh, i listen to your don't podcast, put me in a box but it's a very small and accurate box <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's i I, it's almost like a Brangelina kind of situation where I, I view guys almost as Jason um, because <laughs> your hobbies and your and your interests almost blend together when you listen to so many of these episodes back to back. I just want to make sure I got that right. I'm um, I'm gonna offend you by my kit bashing um, <gasps> because it involves uh, Xenos taking a hold of Deathwatch power armor. Um, now, I've done this before. This was actually one of my first kit bashes. Um, but I'm reviving it for um a legionary team. Um I So is is this your is this your Grot Phobos version two again? So Grot Phobos Grot Phobos are in the works, <laughs> but um I got discouraged by my experimentation with streaking grime, so I needed a palate cleanser to pull me away from that hobby disappointment yeah. to um, be proud of a team and then come back to it. Um, so I've had a ton. I actually made a full roster for last edition for Death Watch, but with my Grot heads. But that was over two years ago I did that. So I've, I've grown as a painter since then. And I'm not a huge fan of the Death Watch rules. So I'm a huge <sighs> fan of using proxies for bespoke teams, um, as you've done, you know, with your Warp Coven. So um, Oh, yeah. So I I thought, you know, what's more heretical than Xenos taking away Xenos killing Marines' armors and using it for themselves? Um, that That's a pretty heretical Astarte. So Heretic Astarte Legionary, there you go. Um, I can use my Eisen, Inquisitork Eisenmork that I've made as the aspiring <laughs> champion. Um, I've used some... Dungeons and Dragons like spell effects bits to make electricity coming out of the eyes of a grot head. Oh, who's fantastic. my who's my weird grot? So he's going to be the Galefire acolyte, etc., etc., etc. So those are nearly done. I have um, some sepia, some sepia wash for the bases drying right now, um, and then I'll post up some pictures of those. But that's going to be my legionary team, and I'm using the frag cannon as a proxy for the missile launcher. 
Um, and I'm using the Infernus Heavy Bolter as a Heavy Bolter, and everything else is pretty much WYSIWYG. Fantastic. Uh, now, interestingly enough, what marks are you going to run? Oh, Nurgle. These. <laughs> oh, Nurgle. Easy. Yeah, they're, they're, the best one. They're all kind of grimy, rotting, kind of uh, uh, battle-worn reclaimed armor, so it kind of fits that Nurgly kind of aesthetic, too, where it's all rusty. That makes sense, then. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd just like to say, fans of the podcast will uh, not not kind of understand what's going on here. What we've got here is someone who actually wants to win games, and <laughs> that's not normally how we roll. So, uh, you know, hopefully he'll pick it up later. I have aspirations the... of winning. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to win, play Nurgle Vigery. <laughs> Full stop. I'm all, I'm always inspired by by what you do. Filter filter through on Instagram and and whatever you put up. I know you did your operative by operative series on the on the blog as well, mm-hmm. and that was that was fantastic fun to follow. So mm. everyone should uh, everyone should should uh, take in what you're putting out there because it's <laughs> it's just gold. Yeah the the commandos operative by operative thing. I I have one more post I need to do to round out the rest of the operatives. The little guys, the squig and the uh, commando grot have been left in the pasture for a little too long. So I need to finish up that, uh, that blog series, but um, it's super relevant to any team, honestly, because there's a lot of information I give out there. That's helpful for anyone learning the game from any perspective. Um, or if you're having trouble against commandos, learn how they function so you can pick them up. Exactly. Um, Reverse engineer it. Yeah, but that's on the strategicadvantage.blog. Yeah, go and, go and give it a read. Um, Jason, have you been doing anything? I have. have you been tinkering away? I have. So um, I've been taking my time, my sweet, sweet merry time on my new Cadian Vet Guard team, and I've I've done the first... Uh, ten models. Um, so normally, I, my my I, you know, I do the bare minimum to make them look all right. <laughs> but I've actually gone a bit further this time. So I've got my um my fifty third Wexmouth Maritime Infantry Guard Regiment uh, thing, um, and I'm really pleased because I, I I was never really a big fan of the Krieg. Um, they just weren't my vibe. Uh, but I'm not a fan it, of the gas masks. No, not really. Um, so, uh, but uh, you know, the new the new Cadian models I thought looked really dope. So I got mm-hmm. uh, some of them. But I've got I've got a question for you. So um, normally, traditionally, I should say, I just do a batch of the whole team. So I'll do one color on all you know ten twelve models, and then another color and another color, which generally takes forever to, to actually start looking good. Obviously, because you're takes ages and because this was a 15 model uh team i sort of i've divided it into batches of five and i feel like i've had a epiphany of like oh my god this is so much funner doing it in Mm. smaller batches like Um, micro batch painting well well here's the question what Mm. batch size do you guys do optimally you know when you've got you you, you're in kill team painting mode you could bought a new Mm. team what's your What's your batch size? I've got a reverse scale where <laughs> the bigger the model is, I'll tackle them fewer at a time. So like with the Orcstodes, I did them one at a time. For any of my Death Watch Marines, I may do two or three of them at a time. 
and then if they're smaller than that, I may do four or five. So I think I think you're in the you're in the niche there for the for the Cadian Guard at five. So I think that's pretty spot on. Okay. Um, so batch painting's supposed to be faster. Um, that's if you can keep up the motivation through the batches. Um, I've tried batch painting and it kills my drive. I will finish a team in less calendar days if I do them individually because it's so hard for me to push through that ugly phase before they get pretty that if I'm doing batch painting, I give up before they get to the, oh, it's starting to come together phase, you know, where the wash goes on, the highlights are going on. And if I do them just strictly one at a time, I keep that, I keep those little brain juices, the little dopamine rushes coming in tiny little bursts like, oh, it's pretty. Oh, it's pretty. Oh, it's pretty. And then I move on to the next one. So I, I, I would love to be able to batch paint, but I don't think I'm a batch painter. So I do one at a time, no matter the size. Well, the, well. the nice thing with Kill Team is that you, you don't have a whole army that you need to paint. Mm-hmm. You, you've only got a few operatives. You can take your time with it. Mm-hmm. And also... If friends don't mind, I know I know you're a stickler on this about playing with grey models, but a lot of your friends don't mind if you play with some that are like halfway through or whatever, mm-hmm. like the works in progress. No, 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 mm-hmm. some of them do mind. Uh, um, some of them absolutely... Jason's, Jason's in the same boat as you, Emmanuel. He, he, he loves a painted team on the board. Um, I'm a stickler for my own. I'll be fair. Like, for other people, it's like, I don't care. I, I played with someone yeah. who didn't, have even, didn't even have arms on their models yet. Um, <laughs> it's like, this person has a halberd. It's like, no, they don't. They have no arms! See, we there, there are a couple of magnetizers in the London Wargaming group mm. who will magnetize everything they can. Mm-hmm. But that sometimes means that the arms get left behind in the tin that they carried in while the <laughs> operative's on the table. <laughs> It's a sad sight. So they've got arms. They've got arms. They're just half a foot away. Um, now, Sean, are you still in moving mode? Um, is all your stuff still packed? Oh, I'm still in hobby limbo at the moment. Oh, Everything's packed up. Bear, bearing that in mind, I have opened up my hobby box four or five times because I keep needing to find my scalpel, my set of Sharpie pens, super glue. I think I've run out of super glue. I can't find it anywhere. Who are you torturing? <laughs> yeah, this doesn't sound like a good uh, good weeknight end, does it? <laughs> Your other uh, career as a serial killer is... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what I have been doing, I've been, I've been racking the old brain, and I literally just sent this afternoon to, to Jason. We, we brought up homebrew earlier, and I homebrewed a, a kill team of entirely Eldari Exarchs. Oh, neat. So we had, like, the Howling Banshee, Striking Scorpion, everything. And I just had a a brainwave a couple of days ago that I want to build that team. Mm. And rules-wise, I could just run them as whatever. Mm -hmm. But I I had a brainwave this morning that I could marry most of them up with the Legionary rules. I like that. uh, If I ran them as, like, Slanesh Zinch, Mm -hmm. with, like, the extra bit of movement, just finessing in combat and... Mm -hmm. And taking like the whole fate and destiny and giving giving people invulnerable saves to kind of mirror like the lightning reflexes in Big Hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 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 was kind of like a nice synergy. And then I sent Jason my spreadsheet where I've taken every single operative, every model I want to make, and we've got an Excel spreadsheet of head, 
body, arms, legs, weapons, where I'm getting the bits from. Oh my goodness. Uh, do I already have these bits? And like I'm gonna I'm gonna draw them out this weekend. But that that's what I probably do to like visualize the uh the kit bash. Because I'm loath, I'm loath to to buy a, a whole box and then only use like four bits in it. I'm I love guy. a spreadsheet. <laughs> I love a spreadsheet, but I've never thought to do one for painting models. <laughs> I'm very much a. Oh, yeah. I have a pile yeah. of spares. I I save the most asinine stuff whenever I do kit bashing, like the tip of a chopper, the like half an orc hand. Like I'll save all of those and. Every once in a while, they they serve as a little bit of inspiration for a new kit bash. Like, I saved yeah. like a half chopped up scaven um, um, spearhead, and I was just fiddling on my desk the other day, and it slotted very perfectly into the grabber end of the runtered um, staff. Like that's almost like a claw, so it's almost like this stabby grabby kind of weapon as they kind of marry together. And I wouldn't have discovered that if I didn't just keep asinine amounts of spare bits all over the place. It around. Yeah. So I'm, I'm no, exactly. It sounds, Oh, go on. No, I, I said, I, I'm, I respect the organization that you have, but I am more of a chaotic, uh, chaotic, good alignment when it comes to, uh, when it comes to my kit bashing. I, I was part of the kit bashers fellowship, which sent like, boxes of bits around the around the country and around the oh, globe. Oh, that's so cool. And there were these lovely um machined wooden boxes that came and they had like little pouches and we had like heads in this one arms here. And you take however many you wanted, but you had to give the same number back into the box. Mm. So So that was that was really good fun. That that was on the more chaotic side of kit bashers and that's how I ended up with a crude centaur. <laughs> uh, a little crew on the top of a, a griffhound body. Was this, was this organized really by the UN or something? As like a yeah, how, how does one apply building... to be part of this? Um, <laughs> this United. I'll send you. I'll send you the link if it's if it's still going around. Oh my goodness! Um, that, this this is exactly. We we have a little library in front of our home, and it's the whole like take a book, leave a book kind of thing. And oh, cool. I, I'm not yeah. a big reader, yeah. so that that's all my wife's motivation. Now, if I could take a bit, leave a bit, uh, you're going to make me a happy little grunt. Oh. <laughs> do that do that to the tournaments you're going to just bring bring like a, a diy case and you know that's a that's have a, a, have a bits idea. library that people can there you go i love that i love that i'm gonna nick that we're bringing the world together just mm-hmm. you know one podcast at a time one, <laughs> one grot one grot hand at a time that's right <laughs> eventually we'll just homogenize into one audio audio file that's about 19 hours long and it's just got the same 20 people on it <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, right. So we we've got we've got a bit of big gaming news, but before we get to that, Emmanuel, have you had any sort of notably fun games recently? Um, I've played some games with Alex. Those are always fun. Um, we always enjoy our time. Um, I really enjoy the back and forth that we continue to have between the same two teams. Always, Orcs and Orcs and Admech, Orcs and Admech. Ever since twenty nineteen. That's what we've played against each other. Um, that's always been fun. Yeah. We're we're play testing some new um, homebrews that we're working on. Um, all knobs from me, trying to make a knob fire team for Greenskins and just expand on that idea. And he wants to bring back Electro Priests, so that'll be fun. Uh, he has a whole narrative campaign going that's really flourishing oh, wow. down where he lives. Um, but unfortunately, the 
the store that he plays out of is quite a few hours away from where I live because it's on the opposite side of where he lives from me. So to go all the way there and back. So I haven't been able to get many of those narrative games, but we've been talking recently in um, the local scene by me of kind of sistering up to their narrative thing. Um, they have like a whole map and sectors and all this kind of stuff that they're they're working into. So well, they've wow. really expanded on the core book um, narrative stuff. So um, it'll be fun to take part of that. I really enjoy the narrative stuff and I really enjoy all the upgrades that my gits can get. Scragus Choppa is probably one of my favorite things ever. Lethal five up on on uh, Big Choppa is just beautiful. We'll we'll have to get Alex on and talk about some of these expansions he's done mm-hmm. to the Spec Ops rules because mm-hmm. they they sound interesting. Mm-hmm. They sound good. We just did an episode about all about our favorite battle honors to put on operatives and everything, and and just the lovely little synergies or or even anti combos that sometimes crop up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was that's really good fun. Mm-hmm. Now, Jason, you said we had some big gaming news. Big gaming What's news. Gone down? Right. So since the last podcast, we have had our first ever big, well, reasonably big narrative tournament. Uh, here in London, uh, Sean and I were there. Not only were Sean and I there, but Sean and I were buddies. We were teaming up. We were a inseparable iron fist of legionary and crew. <laughs> we were a stoppable. We were a stoppable fist, but stoppable. <laughs> um, but this was a this was a big deal. It was organised by our sort of narrative leader, Sal. Massive thanks to Sal. I mean, uh, uh, Emmanuel, you probably know about this, but putting on a tournament it's a huge amount of work get just 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 doing the organization thing so you know um sal we salute you just you're making it happen it's really really big deal and of course this is you know up our alley very much our thing and uh yeah so the format was um there was three games for each person there was two single player into the dark games um and then you joined up with someone in a 2v2 game on a double double size board. And yeah, it was amazing. I had a fight a first game against Paolo with his really amazingly painted um, Custodes team. Damn it, Custodes turned out to be bloody tough in Into the Dark. I, yeah. I put, no, I reckon, a minimum 10 shots into his leader before I killed him. Mm-hmm. That was pretty, pretty, like you know, proper, <laughs> properly big shots as well. Some of them, um, yeah. That was that this was... was the same weekend that that they stormed KTO as well. Mm-hmm. So, but he was only running a uh, the four four bananas, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, four scary people with big shields. Um, but well, that was that was well, fun. Lore, ha- lore has it at KTO. The reason why, um, the player who won, uh, Jimmy K. Uh, Jimmy, uh, the reason why he didn't uh, went, take four is because he forgot one of them. He had only brought three with him, so his only option was two and the little ones. So, uh, yeah, it, I, I'm I'm not sure whether four would have been something he would have chosen in most games anyway, because uh, the the uh, Sisters of Silence are really good, um, especially on Into the Dark. Yeah. But um, yeah, um, that was the main reason why he didn't take four bananas ever because he couldn't. <laughs> that's really funny. Mm-hmm. Well, that's... that sounds like something I do. <laughs> Apart from if I did that, I'd just have to run three of them because I haven't got any sisters. So. That's right. <laughs> also, this is great timing for me because it's a big excuse why I didn't win. 
So there you go. Yeah, it turns they're, out they're, they're top of the meta at the moment. They're basically unstoppable. You heard it here. Emmanuel, that's, that's basically what Emmanuel said. They're unstoppable. 70% win rate, um, not something to scarf at. Um, then I got a little bit crushed by Dave and his, le- his really nicely painted legionary team, his word word bearer legionary team. Um, and then the finale, Sean and I played on the same team for the first time ever. The improbable combination of Crute and Corn legionaries. It was good. It was really we good all fun. Like meat. <laughs> you, Emmanuel, you'd have been appalled with my setup positioning because I think I got blasted. I think about five or six of my officers got blasted on turn oh, one. No. Oh, that's got to hurt. Activation two, turn one. That was that was the. Yikes. Well, we didn't have a lot of cover yeah. in the deployment zone, and um, no. it's fine being a crew with super 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 cover if you've got something to hide behind. Sure. But anyway, uh, that was good fun. I want I want to do more two v two games. I thought that was good fun. How, how about you? How was your uh, tournament experience? I had I had a great time. Game one was against the Hunter Clade with a, a new player to the to the narrative group and to the game of Kill Team completely. I, I think I think our first game was his fourth game ever. So we, we really just took our time and and went through step by step just how how we're playing this mission, what and how we can get the best out of our optives. It was it was really nice because we were just trying to make the best outcome happen for, for both of us on the board. And that was really good. Although, uh, these Rust Stalkers, or the Infiltrators, who knew that their power swords would just slice through my legionaries? I My my anointed died to his leader before I could even unleash the demon. I, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, those power swords and the Infiltrators are no joke. Um, Alex surprised me with that very early on. Um, and now I shoot them. I don't try to fight them. I shoot them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll bear that in, mm-hmm. in mind next time. Um, game two was against the cursed conclave, whose background we read out a couple of episodes ago. A different Alex this time, but these are some gorgeously converted Hyrotech Circle models. But all of the operatives have been contaminated with the Flare virus, mm-hmm. so they're all draped in skin. They've got like little zombie hands hanging out from crevices and everything they look fantastic and we played maze breakout which was a, a really fun mission that i hadn't played yet uh and the 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 super nice thing of this game was that he had run his hyrotech circle as corn legionaries in the last campaign so so this whole tournament was the kickstarter for the new campaign and uh playing against him during my turn he'd go like mm. Do you, you do you want to do that, <laughs> or or if if during the strategic phase he's like, I'd recommend this and this, and just just helping me learn how to play how to play my my corn legionaries myself. It was a bit of a tutorial, but yeah. And then our our two v two, Jason, that was great fun. We we went up against intercession paired with legionaries again. However, flavor-wise, it was some Blood Angel successor combined with Death Watch. Death Watch as legionary. Death Watch as legionary. That's what I'm um, doing. Oh, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thereabouts, thereabouts. Uh, can, I, can I just add, I, I talked to Sal yesterday. I played a game with Sal, and he was worried that um, people, because the board is so large, people would play things a bit cagey. 
and I reassured him that this was just an all-out aggressive bloodbath from turn one. Yeah. No one was cagey, really. <laughs> no, because the boards were so big, but we had to play with the terrain that we had. Mm-hmm. We'd already, like, tapped the players quite a bit to, like, make sure there were enough into the dark sets for 16 of us playing for the for the morning. So we didn't want to ask everyone to bring their Octarius or Chalnath and everything for the afternoon as well. So we ended up having uh, four boards filled with Necromunda terrain. Mm-hmm. So, so it wasn't it wasn't quite as uh, a match play setting. Mm-hmm. It was very fluffy, and like we were down in like the atmospherics or something of this space hulk, or it was just really cool. But it did mean that my my icon bearer got eviscerated by a plasma gun. Likewise, at the start of turn one, and I was like, oh, well, that was my long range weapon. I guess we're charging. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's good. It was good. Yeah, it was really good fun. Um. Um, yeah, and I got I got a lot of XP from it. Now, did because because one of the missions lined up with my spec op, and I got an extra five XP for getting a certain number of victory points on Maze Breakout, and just bundled that all onto people. I've played in a couple narrative tournaments myself, and the way that they were run is that um, the TO kind of modified the XP limitations a little bit, um, just to allow no cap. So every model could keep scoring experience points even though they've already gotten the one from killing an enemy operative. If you kill multiple, you keep scoring, Perfect. keep scoring. Because in those narrative teams were tied just to those narrative tournaments. So you wouldn't then go play them outside the narrative tournament after you just blitz them forward. Um, so the only real hard limitation is fulfilling your spec up. But the XP for the individual models would grow very quickly, which was, I think, really cool, especially because you're waiting yeah. months and months and months before the next narrative tournament, but your guys got a chance to level up in the first tournament, so then the next tournament, it's almost like a new phase. Um, I enjoyed that a lot. Sounds good. We ran the whole day as a stage of a strategic uh, expedition into the dark. Mm. So we we had the map and we were drawing cards of like whose matches generating what resources and so so at the end of the day everyone got a commendation because it was the end of a stage and then the winners in each uh, resource that we were gathering also got an extra commendation so so we had we had that kind of accelerated XP nice. again if you took that option okay. but assets or or rare equipment or whatever mm-hmm. but yeah it that was really good fun I remember with um. Jason, do you remember with Battle Brothers for KTO's narrative, we talked about accelerated experience? Yeah, I think that's what he did there. Um, uh, Yeah, so I think if it's a one-off tournament, I think that's a really good thing. Um, I think because ours is continuing, Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't wasn't, continuing into the campaign. wasn't such big pressure. Right. But uh, overall, I I think it was good fun. I've already mentioned to Sal, I hope we can do something similar again. So I think it's that time of the show where we read one of our team backgrounds from someone in the in the group. And this episode, we have uh, one of the teams that we went up in our 2v2 in the narrative tournament. We've got Ryan's Blades of Aran. Sure, it's not Aran. Well, <laughs> is, it, is it not from Samus? Oh, is it Samus Aran or Samus Aran? Because no, it's, it's based off the Metroid game. It's Dior is correcting me, <laughs> so I thought I'll be back at you. Oh, I'll leave it in. 
The devastation of Baal wrought changes across many layers of society in the Imperium Nihilus. Their numbers depleted. The Blood Angels required new successor chapters. Their lands ravaged and desecrated. The people of Baal's moons, the blood, yearned for revenge. In these times of great need, heroes rose up and a new hope gained momentum. Founded deep in the heart of Baal, the Rubikai and their chapter master known as The Hunter seek vengeance for the damage done to their home and to protect the Imperium Nihilus in equal measure. Until his wings lead us to liberty, we are the blade that defends as it thirsts. Oh, it's good. Good bit of Blood Angel action. Uh... The extra bonus of this this team is that they've all been painted up to to look like our favourite Metroid Prime, Samus Aran, or Aran. You've got me questioning myself now. Good. Uh, but they're they're looking very handsome in in red, orange, and green. So they they were they were really good fun to play against in the in the tournament. They, yeah, he's done a really good job there. I love I love that. The um, yeah, nicely blended in. So before we get into the main segment of the show and grill Emmanuel with our with our grueling quiz, I think it's time for a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Gallo Dark Cruises. Travel the galaxy on the Warp Line's flagship hulk, the Gallo Dark, a destination in itself. Enjoy adrenaline-fueled activities, exotic cuisine and the chance to sample a range of beautiful cultures before trying to destroy them. The Galadark offers thrills and spills in both real and warp space. Book your place in one of our exclusive Xenos staterooms, or for those on a budget, we offer the Bijou Bilge Rooms. Sign up now for the adventure of a lifetime. Prices not inclusive of Escape Pod. You know, in the grimdark future, it's really nice that you can just have somewhere to lie back and and relax and, and get eaten by a by a and demon then... from the wall <laughs> <laughs> so it's about time we got to the meat of this uh this podcast this is where we test our guest our special guest who's taken time out of his day to come on this podcast we ask him questions of which there are correct answers and if you don't get the correct answer is he going to be the first one chuck, chucked off the show rules is rules you know you it's not like I make them up <laughs> so Emmanuel we're, we're really chuffed to have you here uh, I think this is the easiest question you'll ever get right so first question I think I know the answer what is your favourite 40k faction <laughs> Well, we ask everybody know. this. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the obvious answer, obvious. <laughs> but fun fact: um, what drew me in was initially Deathwatch. Um, that kill team box. What? Yeah, the, the Deathwatch veterans box. I was just like, oh, that's really cool. They're all spec ops and all that kind of stuff. Um, they all are the best from their chapters. What I was being told. Now I know a little bit more about the lore now, but this was like completely naive to 40k, and I I, I started my whole 40k journey in 2018 so i'm still pretty new to all this but um this was right when 
kill team dropped and everyone in the LGS is like, Oh, I'm going to be death draw. So it was like a very, I am Spartacus kind of situation. And I'm, I'm just like, nah, I don't want to be part of all these mirror matches. So I spent like a whole week going through, going through, um, just, um, just wiki entries and just learning the lore. And then I read the orc lore. I was like, the, the made the decision for me. This, this, this <laughs> faction was made for me. I, I am Easy your people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love the just the audacity of it, just the comic relief of it. Um and I, I'm not a very serious, edgy kind of person and in Lamb of Grimdark they're the ones that are the least that. Um so it just everything got married and then when I started building the team of boys, um this is for last edition, I wanted a combi scorcher and I asked my L, the LGS owner, it's like where's the combi scorcher and the things like, Oh, you got to make your own. So literally with my first ever model for a Warhammer, I had to kit bash and then that just opened up a whole can where I was like, I don't have to follow the instructions. This is amazing. It's a slippery slope. <laughs> oh my goodness. I fell head first down that slope. <laughs> I just like to reassure our listeners. You can completely just follow the instructions. That's, that's fine too. <laughs> Each their own. Everyone, everyone gets their uh, gets their Jimmy Jam in a different way, but for me, just having a unique model that no one else had, I was just like, oh, I like that because that's that's why I stopped. That's oh, why yeah. I stopped down the Death Watch path initially. I was just like, I don't want to have the same as everyone else. I want to be different, and then I could be differenter, differenter. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, I just said you. There's a lucky escape that you nearly blew it by saying Death Watch obviously <laughs> rubbish. But um I think you rescued it with orcs. So that's correct. You you can move on to question two. Oh phew. Oh my goodness. That was stressful. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so there may be a bit of a theme, but do you have a favourite black library book? I know you're you're still like like a lot of us, two thousand eighteen really opened us up to forty K in general. Mm-hmm. Have you got a favourite black library book? It's a toss up. It's a toss-up, and one of them might surprise you. Um, the first Eisenhorn book is really good. Xenos. Um, that book is really good. Um, I really enjoyed it, and it really opened my eyes to more lore than what I already just surround myself in, which is mostly the orc stuff. That being said, um, the Gazgul book from last year, 2022, Prophet of the Wall, which is... It was part of the Ben's book club from Kill Team Casuals. Yeah. Um, that book is absolutely fantastic because as someone who knows a lot about orc lore, um, it really dove so deep into a lot of like the social kind of interactions and the caste system in orc society and all this stuff that we never spend any time thinking about because it's like, oh, he's fighting that. And that's really as as far as most people go with orcs. And it, it's so much more interesting than that. Um, yeah, it's it's a toss-up between those two. But if you had to make me choose, uh, it's got to be the Gosco book. I mean, this must be a bit of a treat for you. Because as a person who comes from London, you must think that I am an orc the way I talk. Because so, um, <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's how all Londoners talk. <laughs> Proper. No, that's, that's a good, good, good. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> um, uh, uh, not not like posh Sean. He's 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 not a proper Londoner. Um, the South Coast has its benefits, all right. <laughs> right. Okay. So next question. Next question. This this it's easy to trip up on this one. So you mm-hmm. know, pressure's on. 
which Primark is the coolest? Ooh. Okay, how are we defining Primark and how are we defining cool? Well, the the, the 18 Primarks. <laughs> okay. I, I so, will. Well, hold on, because I will accept puns of Primarks as well. I was well. about to say Primark <laughs> is a thing too. Um, because if, if I'm allowed to go to Primark, um, he's not really a Primark, but I mean, Snickrat's pretty darn cool. That model's really cool. The, the, that pose, the the kind of lore behind him is really cool. Um, but if I'm going to have to go to Prime Mark, um, I like Rogaldor. I like Rogaldor. Um, I think his whole pettiness driving a lot of the heresy <laughs> is kind of fun, kind of interesting. Um, but... Um, Honestly, most of the Primarchs, eh, eh. I think that's good. Oh, uh, you're on a precipice. It's not up to He's me, on though. a precipice. <laughs> um, right, we'll see, we'll see if you can recover from that. That's Mr. Mr. Defense. Um, but I did like the Primarch. I don't think I was aware of that. Mm-hmm. Snickrock, definitely very cool. Mm-hmm. Commando. And the model is brilliant. So oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm going I'm to let you go. Yeah. Right. That, Next I'm one. one. I'm wanting a... Uh, I want a, a tabletop croc model, just a, oh, a little. Oh, absolutely! Well, I, nothing I've little. seen some three D prints of some corks and what people imagine they look like because we don't really have great lore and great images for what just descriptions. Uh, super cool, like orc and power armor. I mean, yeah, I, I'm kind of into that already. So <laughs> give me a big one of those, I'll be happy. Jason, I'll send you some pictures after after the recording, so you can you can. Well, I think oh, you two are going to get them. knocks on your door from the Inquisition, I think, with all this talk. Oh, they got a camp in my backyard, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you had to, which Chaos God would uh, receive your worship? This is easier than you think. Um, have you guys heard of Tusca Demon Killer? I have. Yeah, so no. to listeners and for, uh, for Jason here, Tusca Demon Killer is... A legendary orc. If he ever escapes the warp, he's probably going to be on par, if not bigger, than Gazgul. So, um, he, um, to cut everything a little short, he dove into the warp with his wah um, to get a proper fight, and got stuck there. And such a good fight, that once he died, Korn was like, nah, I like this guy. He fights really well. He makes a lot of blood. This is great. So um, he keeps bringing him back to keep fighting in the Coliseum. So he keeps growing stronger, 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 and he keeps getting brought back to life by Korn because Korn finds it amusing that he's such a good fighter and enjoys fighting as much as he should as a Korn worshiper, even though he's not. So with the brutality and the, the thirst for fight and bloodshed and all that that orcs crave and do already, uh, Korn's an easy, easy um, orc... Uh, I feel that Mork, Gork, and Corn would get along more than you think. We'll put it that way. Yeah, they've definitely got a sitcom mm-hmm. together. That is an A plus answer. Oh, I'd not heard of that. That is really good. <laughs> this is the quality quality guest we get on this <laughs> podcast, folks. None of your rubbish, you know, rusties or anything. Okay, right. So this is just a step step out of GW for a second. Sure. Do you have a favourite fantasy or sci-fi world? a non-GW fantasy or sci-fi world that you like? Uh, 
obviously Star Wars as a nerd. Most of us are into Star Wars. Well, as as tabletop gamers, nerds, all that kind of stuff, all those labels we like to give ourselves, you either super into Star Wars or you absolutely hate it. So there's there's no middle ground with that in in nerddom. Yeah. But I'm definitely a huge, huge fan. Um, I'm a little behind on the shows. I got two episodes left of Andor and uh, Mando season three, three, three is out now. So I got to catch up on all that. But I'm really excited for that. Um, I'm so into Star Wars that I'm also into Legion. I played a lot of that. There's a whole meme with me on the Discord that anytime I bring up Legion, they have to restart a clock because I bring it up way too often. <laughs> reset the, <laughs> reset clock. the clock. But um, yeah, uh, I, I I love uh, a lot of it. And I can't, fun... I can't believe other other games exist. Uh, it's a shock. <laughs> um, I actually use. He's lying. We can see games behind you, Jason. On the <laughs> Damn it. I've actually taken a lot of <laughs> Legion models and I've in some 3D prints and on my painting queue, once I'm done with these, um, with the Phobos, my next plan is to tackle my Wormblade. But my Wormblade are all Mandalorian themed. So I have the Daimo himself. Oh, wow. I have Mando, Fennec Shand. I have um, a bunch of the Free Folk. I have, um, yeah a whole bunch of folks in there to stand in for the operatives and the agents. So I'm, I'm excited to get that one done. Which agent is Grogu going to be standing in for? Have you got, have you seen the, the Grogu and the little floating trolley? I've seen the three. So I have off. one of those. He's an, I use him as an ammo runt. Um, but I have a Grogu 3d print holding the soup bowl and my Mandalorian's holding a dark slaver. Uh, my Mando's holding a Darksaber, and he's a stand-in for my um, Sanctus Talon. And he needs a familiar, so his familiar is go. Grogu on the base. And Fennec Shand cool. is the yeah, sniper. Perfect. And her familiar is the little monkey guy. I forget what his name is. The little monkey jester guy in Jabba's hut, uh, in Jabba's palace. Yes. Oh, I do remember. Yeah. He, he looks like he looks like a very sad version of the the guys from the yes. labyrinth. Yes. Yes. Exactly. It's a Muppet. Yeah. Yeah. The Muppet. Yeah. <laughs> it is a Muppet. So he's he's her familiar just because I. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Oh, fantastic! Another another good answer. Uh, a bit basic, obviously. Everyone's you know it's like standard. <laughs> Everyone it's likes a safe goals, answer. But, um, it's a safe answer. Yeah, you're you're still on the show. Oh, That's the important goodness. thing. After that Primark stumble, I, I was wondering. You've recovered. <laughs> <laughs> All this talk of space and going off into the void and the warp and everything. If you could become a space tourist, would you do it? Now, if you'd asked me that five years ago, 100%. Um, but now married and now with a young six-month-old, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> i got way too much going on on, on Terra <laughs> as it is. <laughs> I can't tell you how disappointed I am. That's... Uh... How cool would Dad be if <laughs> he went to space? Yeah. Oh, Dad would be super cool. Dad <laughs> would miss his little boy way too much that he would not have fun in space. Oh. Yeah. You can come back. It's a tourist. It's a, it's a two-way, two-way trip. Yeah. Theoretically. Uh, you can take him with. I don't know. I'm going to bring back yeah, a true. space cold or something like that and just wipe out the planet. Who knows? <laughs> Besides law, wouldn't it? Okay. Right, you've made it through the general questions. Very good. Those were excellent. We're going to go on to Kill Team questions now. So what is it about the game of Kill Team that you like specifically? What's the, what's the draw for you? Um, 
I've always been into the idea of tabletop wargaming, but too much involved in Big Hammer. Um, to, the armies are too big. The the um, the time is too much of a commitment. The space is too much that you need. So it was always too much for what I wanted out of it. And the joke is like, oh, I got into Kill Team because it's smaller and cheaper. Now that's not the case at all. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I calculated and I have over 2,000 points of orcs technically out of all the orc conversions that I've done for all the different kill teams I have. So I didn't spare myself yeah. any of that size, but the game itself plays so differently from any other strategy game, even Legion, which I really do enjoy. The small scale and the individual models allow for such more tactical and moment-to-moment decisions that are not kind of pre-planned in the list-building phase, which I enjoy from a gameplay perspective. And the small team sizes allows you to really flex into an aesthetic or a path in the lore or something fluff-wise that you really want to that would be kind of unreasonable to do on a whole army scale. Um, so that that's yeah. from the gameplay perspective and then from this, like the lore, fluff, narrative side of it. I think it, it meshes both of those worlds really, really well. I think you're exactly right. Yeah, uh, I'm just I'm just silently sat here nodding <laughs> nodding away. We look like a pair of dashboard <laughs> dashboard uh, figurines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I know you're you are. I'm titling it the King of Proxying. Which is your favorite team to play at the moment? Which uh, which factions rule set? Now we know they're all has, orcs. Uh, has your is <laughs> we know they're all orcs. What are you using the rules of? So. <laughs> Commandos is my favorite team, but my favorite proxy to play is Legionaries. Um, I like it for a couple different reasons. I like that the marks give you a little bit of flexibility um, in how you want to play them. Um, Some marks are better than others, obviously, but being able to build a team that's not, not obviously one. I mean, you can go all corns and go lean into lore on that. That's perfectly fine and valid, but having some flexibility in how you want to execute your plan with different marks, I think is really, really neat. Um, and um, I like that rule set because it proved me wrong in a massive way. Um, for the first six months of Kill Team, I was banging this drum that elites will never work. I was saying it's like, it's all activation based. Elites can't have a rule set that works because elites will always get out activated. They'll always lose on primaries. And then Phobos, come out with Phobos before Legionary. I can't remember the order. It's so long ago. Phobos come yes. out and I say, see, told you, told yeah, you. No. Um, and then, were they not? And then Legionary. Oh, it, was Le- it might've been the other way around. Sorry. Yeah. I, the argument of, uh, <laughs> which came out first, the chicken or the Phobos. Yeah, but, but either way, uh, Legionary came out and they weren't obscenely durable. Like we had with, um, what's their faces? Say it, say it, talents. They weren't obscenely durable, so they didn't solve the low number mm-hmm. count that way. Um, a little bit more durable than Heretic Astartes, but um, they had so many tricks that let them play the mission very effectively while being only six activations that it proved me wrong, and I, I really applaud and celebrate that um, from the perspective of just, um, from the game designer's perspective. I celebrate them making elites work and proving me wrong and that's what really attracts me to that rule set oh cool nice okay we've gone favorite 
Now let's just turn that around. Do you have a nemesis team? <laughs> someone you hate to play against? Um, I'm not a huge fan um, playing into Wormblade because of the anxiety of that first turning point. Um, it's, there's so much control that the Wormblade player has that I'm always extremely anxious for the first turning point against any Wormblade just because flipping all those orders. You, you, no one's safe. No one is... No one. I, I have to worry no. about all of them because they can all potentially do something. And then popping out of hiding, like it, it really dominates the board state. And that's something that's so important on the game that if you have a very dominant board state in the first turning point, you can really push that flow. And I'm a very cagey, very sneaky kind of player. So not having that comfort of playing sneaky against Wormblade really busts me out of that comfort zone. And then really, yeah, so I would say out of all the teams in Wormblade. Makes me proud as <laughs> as as one of my favorite teams, uh, the Wormblade, mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to scare someone of your <laughs> storied skill. Uh, that's very good. That's very good. Pass. <laughs> I'm just pandering to the judges now. <laughs> exactly. He, he's got you down, Jason. He's, he knows exactly what you want to hear. He's playing me like a balalaika. <laughs> Emmanuel, if you yourself were an operative, what would your specialism be? What would your specialist role be? Probably a comms of sorts. Um, I really like... I, I, I love my APL sources. Um, I flex real hard with anyone that can give or deny APL um, in various ways. And um, it's part of why I really, really like the Aspiring Champion over the Chosen for Legionary specifically because of the free mission action shenanigans that they can do. Essentially, if you're playing them aggressively, you can guarantee he's almost four APL. It's not even, no, not even free mission action. It's free action, right? So, um, yeah. It's, yeah. It's yeah. anything, it's which anything. is just mind-blowing, the, the, op- the options that open up for you. Um, reliant on the kill, but hey, he's got a plasma pistol with two up. He's going to kill something, right? So, um, it's... Anything that can grant APL is super cool. Uh, and myself, I am very much like a planner, tactical kind of person to kind of orchestrate, okay, you guys do this. And that's very much a comms boy kind of role, right? Like, okay, I'm just going to sit back here. You go do something cool and give someone an extra APL. So that would definitely be me. Fantastic. You, you guys go doy. That's fine. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm on the telephone. Hang on. I, I got this call. You... you you go over there. I got, I got this. All right. Now, again, I think I might know this one because we recently had an episode on favorite individual operative, but and I, I think you voted. Uh, so what is officially your favorite single operative? in Of course. Of course. And it's it is. Snorkel. I love it too. So I love it too. here's a little bit of an example of why he's so cool. So, um, Into the Dark, right? Initially, everyone's like, oh, yeah, Commander Grot's not going to be that effective, right? It's very restricted. But, but, he can choose a point, any point on terrain, and he will 
go in a straight line as if he has fly, infinite range to that point. What if that point is a door? And what if he opens that door in the middle of that normal move? That door is now in a different position. So as long as you complete that one clause of it having to be a straight line using the accessible rule from the doors once they're open, you can almost kind of like curve the grot around. And I have surprised so many people by ending up on objectives, giving an extra APL to this guy, by the way, so he can ninja rope, open a door, and then land on an objective that was seemingly out of reach of all of my orcs, and then loot that objective, right? Little things like that that just surprise people so often with the commando grot. He's so inconspicuous. He's just like this little sniveling, like, ah, I got a boss. But he does, he wins games for me. <laughs> Hands down, he wins games for me. That's that's genuinely stunning <laughs> to hear you pull off that uh, um, well, that that trick. It's well, it's very reminiscent of Wanted, uh, yep. you know, curving the, the bullet. Just... <laughs> <laughs> well, listeners, you came for some narrative, but you actually got some actual in-game useful advice that. there. I uh, my bounds. <laughs> so you better forget it. What was I thinking? No, I love it. <laughs> this is this is superb. Um, this is absolutely superb. So, I think that that does it for the kill teamy questions. Now it's freewheeling. Yeah, who knows? Who knows where we're going to end up now? I know we've actually brought it up a couple of times this episode, and and I've heard you talk about it elsewhere. But how do you feel about Kill Team's narrative play? I really enjoy it. I really, really enjoy the narrative play. I love how it how much it's changed since last edition. Last edition was clunky. Mm. It's like here's a steering wheel, drive a car, right? It's like, well, where's the rest of the car, right? Um, we played we played narrative for last edition, but we had to rewrite and add so much to it to make it functional, right? This edition from the get-go yeah. was great. Um, the rare equipment is always exciting. Um, I've played narrative games or narrative um, campaigns where we pick all of our battle honors instead of rolling for them. That is fun in one way because it lets you just really min-max your team and kind of get the perfect the mm-hmm. perfect team. Um, I've also played in campaigns where you roll two D6s and choose one of those options. I think that's the best random yeah. way to do it because it gives a little bit of agency. And if one of those doesn't do anything, you just re-roll that dice. I think that's rules is written for narrative anyway. But... Um, yeah, that's 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 what we're I doing. I think that's the best way to do it because I think choosing is a little too strong. I mean, every single one of my commandos got thieve and git, so that way I got all my equipment for free. So I, I essentially got twenty points of equipment because everyone had thieve and git. That <laughs> that's a bit much, right? That that's a bit much. But um, but I, I really I really enjoy the narrative from this and the I haven't played the expedition stuff yet. Um, I haven't um, done the whole exploring rooms, the whole card system, but reading through that, I'm very excited to try that stuff out. Yeah, yeah. It's de- I think that's definitely a good... You do do a mini tournament day with that kind of stuff, or if you've got, you know, people you can regularly play with. I think that's a really nice system. And I think that system sort of suits people who want a win to mean something. And something I was, I was, I was, I was going to mention earlier, you... you, you you are the complete package, manual in, in many ways, because you're 
clearly oh, very good at the game. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, you've, you've had the Killzone podcast, which I, I, I listened to, which is obviously about about competitive play and about how to how to make the most. But I get the complete sense that you you're in love with the law. You love the the whole story about it. I get I get the impression that when you just play, you know, uh, games in your head, it's what am I, what are my orcs thinking on this turn <laughs> and all that. So I uh, yeah, because I think I think you know we're all somewhere on a spectrum between competitive and you know. Making up stories, uh, but yeah, you said it sounds like you enjoy all the all these aspects. I, I've been on record saying that I train for tournaments by playing casual and narrative games. Games are games. Yeah, the more games you play, the better you get. Surprise. Exactly. No, that's <laughs> that's super cool. That's super cool. Um, we may have already answered this question, but we've got it down here. Would you say your play style is sneaky or killy? Definitely sneaky. Predominantly. Definitely sneaky. Um, that's what's attracted Phobos to me, because they're sneaky marines. Yeah. And I think they're a lot better than um, the win rates suggest they are. Hence why I want to give them a proper shake. Um, I do want to play some with Legionary before I dive into Phobos to get used to um, durability and killiness of marines to kind of break me out of that. So that way I know how to play sneakily just to know where that limit is and kind of find that barrier between those two teams. Cause I think they do play very differently, but things like Omni scramble with Phobos yeah, taking advantage idea. of the ability of initiative. So many turning points are decided on initiative and the one key move that needs to happen to swing three points. Right. And what if the Omni scrambler just says, yeah, but you don't go for two turns. Sorry, doesn't matter if you got like how powerful is that? And I, I really want to flex how far that goes. So that sneaky gameplay really attracts uh, attracts me to um, get, um, teams like Phobos, and that's how I've played since last edition because Alex was very lethal with the shooting against me. So he he pummeled me into a sneaky play style, and commandos are very yeah. <laughs> very much um, very much uh, flourish under a sneaky play style. So I was rewarded with my KT. 2018 training with a, a commandos kill team that um, plays very well that way. I do love unrelated. I do like that the hand of the archons ability to just pass uh, an activation is like the opposite of the omni scanner, yeah. and you're like, no, no, go on. I insist. I insist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love, I love either either taking away choices or forcing forcing your opponent to make more choices. So. A big fan of that. We we may have already covered this as well, Jason. I think we were too good in our in our preamble before beforehand. But which orc war boss is the coolest? Oh yeah, Snickrot. Yeah, we've already gone into that. My prime orc of choice. Um, <laughs> he's. Uh, I have one that I'm touching up because I've I've changed my skin recipe, so I'm redoing his skin with proper highlights. Um, for my boarding actions team, um, he's definitely going to be part of that. Um, that with commandos and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that'll be fun. But um, yeah, he's a he's a proper git. He's he's the guy. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, right. So okay. So what, one of the uh, one of my favorite of your uh, Killzone episodes, uh, if you don't mind me bringing that sure. up, is the one where you discussed Timmy, Johnny, and Spike. Mm-hmm. Which I before I before I heard your podcast, I had never heard of. And I've been in board games for I don't know six seven years mm-hmm. 
quite quite serious, and I'd never heard of it. And and we had a little bit of a debate on on the podcast about what we thought we were. Mm-hmm. Um, but my question is, what do you think um, a percentage makeup to make the perfect narrative player would be? There you go. I think any of them, honestly, like even spikes, even spikes, because that power. What? Yes, that power <laughs> fantasy of growing and getting the best um, rare equipment or getting the perfect. Um, battle honor to just really like edu- like legionary getting extra wounds right like something like that is is so seemingly simple but that's going to drive a spike because that's such a meta thing for legionary to have and then you throw nurgle on them with the extra wounds and then you're running around with six custodian guard right um the so even a spike of pure spike can have a lot of fun and narrative if they approach it from that power fantasy kind of side of it and then the timmies and johnnies like that they can just either you know choose the guys that are going to wallop the biggest or have the big wombo combo or they can go with um go with playing the the dark horse right and then getting stronger through their narrative um their narrative um their narrative growth right so i I think anyone can enjoy narrative irrespective of what you're what you're playing or what your play style is that was a very grown-up answer. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Jason, you cannot be surprised because friend of the show, Nick, is such a spike. He is, yeah. He's the min-maxer who would love to pick <laughs> all the of the battle, battle honours. But yeah, he loves narrative, so yeah. So, um, yeah. 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 Oh, we can embrace everyone. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's very nice. Now, during gameplay, how often have you been known to break out the odd war cry uh, while charging an operative? Uh, do you feel adding some role-playing adds to your immersion and your enjoyment of the game? Um, I've not wad unless um, instigated to <laughs> by someone else. Um, hot take, um, people yelling wah in the middle of a game shop a uh, little cringy. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I can't. I can't bring myself to do that. Um, and I'm a colossal nerd, and that's 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 a little step too far. For me. <laughs> but um, but uh, during gameplay, I am known to talk like an orc more often than talking like a young Southern Californian man. <laughs> so that that is definitely something that I get a lot of entertainment out of. And unless I'm playing against someone incredibly sweaty, um, usually gets a chuckle out of my opponent as well. And it really sets a different tone to even competitive games that we're yeah. having fun and someone wins at the end and it's a tournament and that means something. But the game itself is still meant to be fun. Well, I think you've got an edge because if you you've play a lot of Orcs and particularly Commandos, who, as we know, are the funnest team to both play and play oh, against. They're great, aren't they? So, oh, my God, I love Commandos. I have just... three Commandos teams, guys. I built three of them. <laughs> three full rosters. I, I have a problem. <laughs> Jason, I, I think Manuel ther- put in most of those votes for uh, for our Kiltinius <laughs> teams. Yeah, this isn't this isn't therapy, by the way. We're just going to enable you to make another team. So don't. I... don't... Yeah, I'm just going to say yes and to everything. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm going to rewind the time machine way back, uh, and I remember your original Cogboy Cogitations, because mm-hmm. that was what taught me how to play the last edition. Oh, wonderful. Um, 
you and Alex, you and Alex are the ones that pretty much got me into the game. Oh, uh, makes me happy to and, hear that. And uh, I love, I love that he's still playing Mechanicus and you're still playing Orcs because <laughs> that was very much the the roles you were playing as as the as the tutorials. Mm-hmm. Um, since then though, you've you've got fingers in pies. You're across pretty much every single Kill Team community going out there. This is meant to be a question somehow. Uh, do you, do you have any words of wisdom for anyone that's that's wanting to to span as many groups from ultra competitive down to the Kill Team Casuals Discord? You know, <laughs> um, enjoy enjoy the game, enjoy the time, enjoy the community, um, and be a part of it. Honestly, like there's no there's no secret sauce to to what I do. I I find myself to be a nice person. I try to be a nice person as much as possible. Um, and that that resonates with other people because people like nice people, right? Um, I always... It's bizarre, but somehow... Somehow, it's crazy how that happens. <laughs> but I also strive to be as helpful as possible. And that that's what ends me up in a lot of these, in these communities and these roles because people... I, I'll get pings and dms my my wife told me i had to put do not disturb at night because i'll get pings all throughout the night on discord um and it's people asking questions people sharing their hobby growth with me and all that kind of stuff and it's all just because i i put myself out there as a positive a positive face and a positive motivator for the game whether it's competitive whether it's narrative whether it's hobby it's it's all like like you were mentioning before calling me the complete package, which is still making me blush. Um, I just enjoy <laughs> so much about this game, and it's brought me so much happiness and so much fulfillment over the past years since 2018, just picking it up. That I just want to share that enthusiasm as much as possible. And I think um, I think you can criticize and you can be critical of the game, um, and that's perfectly fine. But um, I chose to be more of a cheerleader, I guess, for the game. Um, being critical where it's relevant, but by being by emphasizing the positive despite the negative, that's only going to help everything grow, right? Um, and get more enthusiasm for the game and more more um, excitement for the IP and more excitement for community growth and all that kind of stuff. And I, I think that makes everyone happy too. I don't know. I've gone rambled. I've, who put the soapbox no, no, under think, me? Hang on, let me step down for a minute. We're on exactly the exactly the same page as you. We we just want to have yeah. a good time. We find all this stuff fascinating and interesting, and it's meant mm-hmm. to be fun. <laughs> and we're having fun, and yeah. and most mostly yeah. we seem to have found a group of people who broadly are pretty, you know, just the nicest people in not. You know, not all of GW can be a lovely, wonderful utopia, um, but but our corner of it mm-hmm. seems to be super nice. I've only come across, you know, lovely people really. Anyway, I've got one final question for you, and this is: uh, At what point are you going to put a Citadel paintbrush in the hands of your baby? How are you going to onboard? <laughs> onboard them into the hobby if you already got them chewing plastic um sprues uh, for teething um how, how, what's the onboarding process um i'm i'm a huge fan of the way i fell into the hobby 
was the way I fall into any hobby. Um, I throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. I've experimented and tried my hand at so many different things, like from from motorsports down to different instruments. Um, all the different things just to see, hey, what am I going to be interested in? So I love, 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 love trying things. And um, I tried painting and enjoyed it and then tried Warhammer and enjoyed it. And those are things that stuck. There's dozens of things I've tried that haven't stuck. And that's definitely my philosophy with my little one. Make stuff accessible, make stuff there. I'm not going to change what I do. Um, and either my little guy is going to say, wow, what daddy does is really cool. Or it's like, that's so lame. Oh my God, it's so embarrassing. Right. So it could go one or the different direction. But, um, even at six months old, I have a whole display cabinet with, with all my orcs in it. And he stares at it a lot whenever we pass by and reaches out to it. Um, too sharp for him at this point. Um, a lot of stuff that could end up in an eyeball, oh, yeah. but, um, if he ever expressed interest and says, Oh, I want to try um, more than happy to do that with him. Um, but I, I would love for it to happen. I would love to have a little, a little grot, a little snuttling of my own, but uh, <laughs> he, he's gonna, he's gonna either take to it or not. So we'll, we'll find out. Uh, I, I have teenagers and they, they keep telling me, haven't you finished painting all of that yet? <laughs> I just don't understand. Mm-hmm. But you've already painted. Surely you've finished. <laughs> um, yeah, completed it. <laughs> uh, so beware of that one. Yeah. <laughs> when they get older. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to. I think that about wraps up our questions. You've passed with flying colours. Oh, thank goodness. Emmanuel. Thank goodness. I, so I'll, so chuffed to have you on my, the show. Uh, I'll update my resume then, just to add this to there. I put it on LinkedIn. Oh, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> It's a tough old, <laughs> tough old thing to have, but um, no, we're we're so um, chuffed to have had you on the show. Uh, Thanks, thank you really for having me. I had a great time. It's been a pleasure. Next time on Once Upon a Kill Team, we'll be celebrating one year of this podcast, and Sean and I will be the guests. Yes, it is time that we face the big questions of Kill Team narrative. Who will grill us? Well, we have perhaps unwisely invited back to the show the legend of northern england that is russ from gfn gaming i feel absolutely positive he'll go easy on us we were pretty easy on him i think i only failed him on coolest primark so it'll it'll be fine it'll be fine if you listeners want to ask us a question message us through our instagram channel we'll be happy to give a nonsensical answer to whatever you send but thanks if what you heard in this podcast sounds even remotely interesting subscribe and tell your friends for every subscription to the podcast you'll receive a bag full of boys teeth and up to four grots get upgraded to a killer can watch out if you have a few spare pennies and would like to support the show, you can do so through Buy Me A Coffee. There is a link in the show notes. Once Upon A Kill Team will always be free and any help you give goes towards making the podcast better. And we really do appreciate it a lot. Thank you for joining us on Once Upon A Kill Team. Just remember, it's not whether you're won or lost, it's whether your bomb squig sprints down a gallow dark corridor, dodging lasfire and leaps into the midst of a navy breacher party before decorating the walls in a squishy explosion. See you next time.
Okay. Fun fact. A, uh, a squig <laughs> exploding uh, bypasses void armor because it's not blast. Ooh. I think we should add that. <laughs> <laughs> We're still recording. We're, We're still, still recording. Definitely. I, I'm going I'm we'll to we'll, we'll squeeze every every tip out of you. That's, that's really good.